Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Podcast. This is our first podcast of 2017. Welcome to the show, Junior, uh, Senior, Ben. We're all here. Uh, coming to us somewhere from an igloo northwest of Minneapolis is Kirk. I've had the uh, welcome. I've had the heat running for a while, uh, so I mean it's nice and toasty. Uh, not too bad today. I think we've been uh, uh, somewhere between 10 and 20. It's uh, 58 degrees here right now. That sounds kind of nice, actually. Well, as I mentioned a moment ago, I'm smoking the LFD. I believe the the name's a little hard to read, but it reads Cameroon Cabinets, and it's in a Lancero size. Uh, Anybody else smoking anything as we go here? Well, I've got uh, my father's Flor de Los Antilias. It's one of my favorites. Haven't got it lit up yet, but I'm working on it. I I've have the uh, now vintage 1992. Uh-huh, another good choice. And uh, I have the Oliva Serie V Melania. Wow, Ooh, that's another good choice. I haven't. Yeah, had you're yeah. Wow. here. It's uh, it's it's grown on me. I didn't like it at first, but then I've had a couple of them. It, it's it's grown on me. I I will admit. Well, now I, I I got a little sidetracked there. I didn't didn't finish the interruptions. We actually have a new cast member. Uh, you, you may have heard his voice before, uh, and you may have run into him in a Marietta, Georgia cigar shop before, or one of the many Atlanta cigar shops that he's probably frequented over the years. But we're very proud to have uh, Alan, the cigar savant Friedman, joining us on the show today. So, Alan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, thanks for having me as a cast member now. I've been looking forward to this. I uh, used to be on another radio show, and I'm the uh, manager of uh, Premium Cigars of Georgia. And I've been in the Atlanta market scene for probably 20 years. And the man has probably forgotten more than I will ever know about. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, (laughs) I do. He he is uh, I'll about, I'll about pretty that. close to an encyclopedia when it comes to cigars. So he's going to be an excellent. Uh, we we finally have what what I would coin a cigar expert. Somebody that actually knows something. We, <laughs> yeah, we 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 used to pretend before, but now we actually have one. So should be good. So let's get to the uh, what I would say has to be the biggest story of the week, and that is Matt Booth. Uh, deciding to depart the cigar industry. And with that departure, the Room 101 cigar brand is going to go with it. So if you happen to be a fan of the Room 101 cigars that are available, they are going to sell the remaining stock, so you better get your hands on it while you can. Uh, A lot of people may not realize that Davidoff only had a deal with Booth for the manufacturing and distribution of Room 101. Booth retained the ownership. uh, ben, you mentioned that he, he said a little blurb in the article about FDA regulations and that being part of the reason, but what's 
kind of give your thoughts on this situation. Um, I mean, I really think that because he, he started off with the jewelry business, I think, before he got into cigars and and then before the FDA really stepped in, he started growing his brand and it was growing very successful and everything. And then um, and then, you know, as I'm reading the article here online and everything, it just seems like, you know, it seemed like he was given the ultimate excuse. Like if he if he wants to keep his jewelry brand growing, if it's costing more to keep his cigar brand going, I mean, it, it's, to me, it comes down like a business decision, I think, is what he's doing. I don't think he wants to do it because um, he's very passionate about what he makes and he's very good at his craft. But I really think it, it came down to like, look, if the FDA is going to charge me a fortune to do this, you know, uh, he's, you know, maybe it's time for him to to go back to what he originally did. So I don't, I don't blame him. It's just sad, saddened to see him leave because, uh, you know, I love his product and uh, a lot of people do. And so, you know, it's just, it's just a really sad day, you know. Yeah, I, one of my favorite cigars this year has been the uh, Room 101 Big Payback, yeah. and which was a very cost-efficient option that's about to go away. Well, you know, yeah. I have a, another and take on this. Some... And, you know, sure. recently, um, you know, within the last few years, you know, Matt has gotten married and he's got a child. And part of his deal with, okay. with Davidoff was to do, you know, so much travel and, and so many events. And I was really getting the impression from him that he wanted to spend more time at home with his family and didn't want to miss his, his you know, child growing up. So I think this became another uh, uh, cog in the wheel to let it go. Okay. And one thing he did mention in the story was that he, he didn't necessarily close the door on coming back to the cigar industry. So maybe, maybe we'll get him back one of these days, but it definitely feels like losing a brother, uh, brother of the leaf, if you will. Yeah. And he may find something part-time, maybe consult, you know, consult on someone else. He just, he's going to, you know, what Alan said, if he's got a family now, it, maybe it's just the perfect recipe for him to step out of it at this point. Cause there's a lot of travel involved with promoting your brand and cigars and everything. And so this way, I, I didn't know he got married and had a kid recently. Yeah. And it wasn't anything bad. It was just a matter of his doubt off contract was up and he decided not to renew. Yeah. You know, to, yeah, I think the stars just aligned for him to do this to, to Ben's point too, though. I mean, room one Oh one is a relatively new uh, line. I think he started, making his first cigars in 2009 or 2010. And so none of, yeah. none of his cigar brands uh, would be grandfathered in under the new FDA regulations. And so I don't know how many lines he has, probably at least 10. And if all of those had to go through the vetting process, I mean, he's, it doesn't, we don't think of Room 101 as a boutique cigar line, but in terms of how long he's been around and the quantity of uh uh, types of cigars. I mean, he really is kind of boutique. So um, this could be this could be a similar thing that we see for a lot of our new and smaller cigar companies. If um, if there is a financial aspect to this, well, you know, there was a number of manufacturers that didn't even go to the show at the last minute because of what was going on with the FDA. And we still don't know what's going to happen to these uh, smaller, smaller boutique brands. 
I saw a, a story, I believe it was just yesterday, it could have been the day before, but one of the congressmen had introduced a new bill to take away the FDA's power to regulate premium cigars. So hopefully, if we're really lucky, that'll gain some traction, but it, it is a Washington issue, so I wouldn't hold my breath. You're talking about Bill Posey, the U.S. representative? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, you're exactly right. He introduced, reintroduced the bill, called it the Traditional Cigar Manufacturing and Small Business Jobs Preservation Act 2017. That is a long name tag. Good Lord. Yeah, that's a long name tag. Yeah, that is wordy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, he's, it's, it's under that guideline that he's trying to fight the FDA to exempt cigars uh, from the rest of the regulation. Um, it's supposed to combat the original bill, which was, uh, you know, it's overstepping its, its boundaries, but the Family Smoking Prevention Act thing, it's supposed to keep kids from smoking, and he's trying to say, well, look, kids aren't smoking. You know, teenagers aren't going out buying nine, ten, eleven dollar cigars. So it, it, you're trying to overextend it beyond its reach, what it's meant for. So I hope that works out. Now, b- before we get too far off the yeah. Matt Booth topic, I know Alan has uh, probably known Booth for longer than any of us. So, have you got any uh, interesting stories you'd like to share? Well, you know, when I first became aware of Matt Booth. I was actually taken aback by the way he looked. You know, this this guy did not look traditional cigar. Um, he didn't have the the pedigree. He wasn't uh, Latin. Uh, he didn't have the family connections, and um, you know, he he looked like he'd spent hours in uh, makeup uh, getting ready for the photos. And, uh, okay. you know, he, he just, to me, it was just, uh, looked off the wall and I was like, who, who is this guy? You know, what, what, what the heck is this? He, he, he just doesn't fit. And, uh, I, I had the opportunity to meet him at, uh, Burns Tobacco at, uh, one of the tweet ups and got to sit down with him and smoke a cigar with him and, and found out just how, passionate about tobacco and cigars and that what he was trying to do was produce the best cigars he could and uh, completely changed my opinion. Now, of course, I didn't run out and get any piercings or, you know, get any tattoos, but it uh, opened my eyes to there's other opportunities and other possibilities. Also got to meet his wife. Yeah, and one thing I... <laughs> One thing I remember, the most shocking thing I kind of thought about him when I first met him is, for those who don't know, he was in the armed forces, and, you know, he does not fit that mold either. No. No, he does not. He's got the crazy hair, the goatee, the, the piercings, the tats. I mean, he's... Yeah, he was well, a tail He was, he was a say, tail gunner? Yeah, I believe Machine right. gunner of some kind. I think the the cigar industry will be losing its most unique character, with the exception possibly of Garrett Calhoun. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's another thing that I I find interesting is there's a number of uh, Room 101 lounges across the country. Uh, one specifically at uh, Burns in Chattanooga, 
and I wonder what uh, they're going to be doing with it. That is a good question. Yeah, that's a that's a, a scenario. I have step into the uh, yeah, formerly room. room known formally as uh, Room One Hundred One. Yeah, they can do the uh, the print yeah. thing, the uh, the room formerly known. So do you guys yeah. think the price of the Room 101 cigars is going to go up, or do you think the price of Room 101 is going to go down? I would say up, and probably pretty quickly. Uh, I, I think the less stock there is, the higher they're going to go. Do you think it'll be a run on his cigars? <clears throat> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I agree with that, Junior. I mean, think of when uh, Camacho rebranded. Um, so it basically, was a dying brand, and you know, the, the old brand. I mean, they were Camacho was trying to get those off people's shelves as fast as they could, and they were encouraging shop owners to to just about give them away. And then you could go on Cigars International, and same thing there. You know, they were trying to sell everything they could and get ready for the new brand. So, um, my, my thoughts are. You know, Davidoff has a decent store of Room 101, um, but they're going to want to clear that space as quick as possible and find the next big uh, the next big horse to jump on. I guess the only well, and Davidoff. I mean, let's face it; they own a bunch of brands, so I mean, they could easily stick something in its place. But the only difference between Room 101 and Camacho is they were getting rid of the old to bring the new bands and new everything in for Camacho. This is where Room 101, when it's gone, it's gone. So I, I still think, I, I kind of think that the price will go up, at least on some of them, the big payback and some of those that have been really, uh, you know, good sellers for them. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to miss, uh, if they disappear altogether, you know, if they, if Matt Booth stays retired and nobody buys the brand from them, I'm going to miss the, uh, the Room 101 San Andreas. And the, uh, man, oh, that's yeah, a that solid a smoke, one. and it's like five bucks, too, so you just can't beat it. And then how about the uh, the Room 101 Daruma? It's got the... Oh, yeah. I think that was an Ecuadorian rapper, and it just that one was another... Just kind of impressed me. Now, have you guys uh, heard the rumor that uh, Davidoff is courting Caldwell as a replacement? Oh my gosh! Oh, no, you're blowing my mind right now, me. Alan. That's that's yeah, too much. I heard this on uh, Friday afternoon, and the rumor was that uh, with what Matt Booth has done, that uh, Davidoff is going to want to replace him, and the replacement name running around out there is uh, Caldwell. That makes perfect sense to me because you know if. If Davidoff ha- has this portfolio of cigars, Room 101 was going to be like the cutting edge portion of that portfolio. And if anybody could backfill that spot, it's going to be Caldwell. I mean, his um his cigar bands, his uh his creative blending, and these even his persona in some ways makes me think of Matt Booth. Well, and I would say it almost a slightly different way. I would say Room 101 served as kind of a, and maybe Camacho as well, as gateway brands to Davidoff. Well, yeah. If you guys, if you like the Camacho line, so, you know, the Davidoff is like the Lexus to the Toyota of Camacho. So it's sort of, it's the, you know, you, but it's all the same, under the same brand. But uh, I think you have a point there with 
Caldwell being a good replacement because Caldwell does work with Drew Estate. And Drew, Jonathan Drew is very eccentric, much like Matt Booth, with a similar, you know, with the hair and the jewelry and the tattoos and things like that. So it, it, it doesn't actually sound surprising, but it's, I think that's going to be an excellent, an excellent choice. Because the eccentricity is there for the, you know, younger generation and, you know, that have that type of look that Matt Booth had. Um, I think it's going to work just fine. I want to. Well, I think Matt, you know, one of the things he needs to be commended for is bringing in a lot of new younger smokers. And to a certain mm-hmm. extent, Caldwell has done the same thing. Absolutely. Along with Drew Estate, for that matter. Isn't Caldwell the one behind the uh, the Lost and Found lines that, that have the weird name? Yes. Yeah. Also the one with the Atlanta Lakes yeah. or something like that, Atlanta Snakes. They've got the, they've got the pepper 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 cream chocolate crush like those sorts of lost and founds. Um, but yellow, yellow cake is another one. Yep. But uh, Mark, some of their other ones that you might know of, they have um, the last czar, long live the king. Um, long live yeah, the I mean, king. All out king. Blind man's bluff. Um, and then, actually, Caldwell worked together with another one of my cigar heroes, uh, E.P. Carrillo, to, to create the Anastasia. Um, so they have the last Azar, and then his daughter is Anastasia. And um, Anastasia, I just saw, was in somebody's top 25. It might have been Half Wheels' uh, top 25. So, I mean, Cal- Caldwell is doing really good things out there, and he's working with the right people. So I have a question to pose to the group here. Uh, hypothetical um do you think okay so uh christian yora takes his camacho brand to davidoff does his tour and then you know things go south and camacho kind of disintegrates i mean it still exists but it's not how it used to be and now we've got room 101 you know they do their tenure with uh davidoff and then things go south and now we're losing matt booth so both christian yora and matt booth you know, are parting ways from their brands, hypothetically. Um, do you guys think there's anything about working with Davidoff that is causing these uh, pretty big names in the cigar industry to kind of do something different? Alan, you probably know more about the inside of that than we do. Opportunity, you know, to really get their brands known. And, of course, they get to use the Davidoff distribution the, the biggest thing that uh, I think is so important to remember is, and none of us have mentioned this, there has got to be a non-compete that Matt Booth has got. And, and I'll just, just like Camacho had. And I, I just have this feeling that once that non-compete is over, you know, Matt Booth will be back on his own. After all, he does own the brand and the brand name. How, how easy would it be for him to jump in with Christian Yora? Because Christian has the um, the CLE line now, and I guarantee Christian has some sort of distribution and manufacturing available. So maybe that's what they're trying to do is get back together with his old partner. That certainly is a possibility. I, th- I think another thing is they want to wait and see what does happen with the FDA. You know, we've got a pretty interesting thing going to happen here this coming weekend, and uh, these rules could be out the window overnight. 
Yeah, we're yeah. all praying for that. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, what? Now, to jump ahead a little bit here, I uh, asked everybody to prepare a list of their top 10 favorite smokes of the last year. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they were made in 2016. Just what were your top 10 favorite smokes that you had in the last year? So we're going to run through these pretty quickly. Uh, ben, if you want to start, I'll let you kick us off. Okay, I'll just go down one through 10. So number one, uh, the Aurora EBT Maduro. There was number two, the Davidoff Escurio Robusto. Number three, the Leaf by Oscar Habano. Number four, Catelli, Connecticut Robusto. Number five, Balmoral and Yeho Expo. Number six, the King Cigars five-year anniversary. Number seven, the Drew Estate Redzilla. Number eight, the La Gloria Cubana Series R. Number nine, the Alec Bradley Tempest Natural. And number 10, the Arturo Puente Rosado Grand Reserva. So, that's been my top 10 so far. I'll just throw, I'll just throw one in there real quick. That uh, if you haven't tried that Catelli Connecticut that he mentioned, uh, that is one of the better Connecticut's out there that you can get your hands. It on. was it was remarkable. I was blown away, and I know because we did the interview with him, but it, I smoked it down to as far as it would go. It was impressive for Connecticut. So yeah. worth I trying. actually had Mark pick. Uh, a couple of those up for me over at uh, Allen's shop when he was in Georgia at one point. But All right. Well, let's hear from the uh, cigar yep. savant. Well, you know, when I put this list together, this is not just a list of what's the best, but I would say what was the most enjoyable cigars that I smoked during 2016. And it would be based on price it's based on consistency, construction, and of course taste. So my number one was the uh, by Global Premium Imports, which was the 1502 XO. Oh, that is a good one. And you know, originally that started out as a special release, one size, and of course is now available in a number of different sizes because uh, Enrique Sanchez with because of what was going on with the FDA, decided he wanted to get all the sizes out. My number two is uh, Marrero Tico by uh, Joel Vasquez Marrero. And if you've not had this, I highly, highly recommend it. It was just an incredibly enjoyable cigar. Uh, number three was uh, by Treje, Vicarious, Black Label. I uh, had the pleasure of, uh, you know, hosting Jerry Garrett here for about a week. And, uh, God, we just fell in love with those cigars. Number four is a split. It's uh, Oscar Rodriguez GTO. And it was uh, a toss-up between the Hypnotic uh, Connecticut and the uh, Tranquilo Maduro. Both phenomenal cigars. Number five was uh, Mombacho or Tierra Volcan, their uh, Liga Mastro, and just just wonderful. And I got to spend a couple of days down there at their factory and got some private tours and really enjoyed myself. So I think a lot of that has to do with, with just being there. 
Number six is also a uh, a toss up between AJ Fernandez uh, Enclave and the AJ Fernandez uh, Bella Artiz. Both incredibly, incredibly enjoyable. Number seven was the uh, CAO 660 Flathead, uh, the red label, uh, Rick, by Rick Rodriguez. Just really, really, really enjoyable. Number eight was by Aging Room, the Solara. Nine was the uh, Romeo by Aging Room, the small batch that they put out. Uh, nine was um, the Aging Room Solara. Number 10 was something you've mentioned, but different brand of it or different line was the Catelli uh, Caballera, uh, the okay. Doro. Very good. Good lift. I'll have to try that. Uh, which, which was the particular flathead you mentioned? The 660. The CAO flatheads. Now, first of all, they are all just absolutely phenomenal. But I, I noticed that uh, I kind of gravitate to that red label, the 660. All right, Kirk, you're up. All righty. I, uh, I put together my list kind of kind of quickly, um, and some of these are just classics that I think would always be in my top ten. Um, but I tried not to put too much thought in it and just kind of went with, you know, memorable cigars. So my number one was the Fuente Hemingway. Um, I think that will always be in my top three, followed by the uh, old school Camacho Corojo. Not the not the rebranded, but the old Camacho Corojo. Are you still hoarding? I wish those, I were. By the way? I think I smoked. I smoked my last one about uh, a year ago. Um, but I buy them every time I see them. So I'll let you know if I, I score some. Um, number three is Christoph Maduro. Number four, Ashton VSG. Yeah. Uh, number five, the Arturo Fuente, the Don Carlos, uh, particularly the shark size. Uh, number six, mm-hmm. uh, Cohibo, uh, excuse me, Cohiba Siglo. Uh, number seven, Casa Cuba, the Florfina. Number eight, Jericho Hill uh, by Crownheads. Number nine, just a Nub Cameroon. Uh, that's another all-time favorite. And number 10 was the Anastasia, which I mentioned earlier. It was the uh, Caldwell and E.P. Carrillo working together. Um, I have got to try that if I find it. Oh, the Anastasia. Nothing but good reviews about it. Yeah, I hadn't even. Yeah, I hadn't even heard of the Anastasia until. It was a, yeah. It's a limited release. I think they only released it to like thirty-five cigar shops. Um, so, wow. I'm not sure if they'll be available too much more. All right, I'm gonna swing in here on the next one. These are in no particular order, but number one, the new Vicarious Red. How is that? Two, my all-time favorite. I have not uh, smoked it yet. It is very, very good. Very good. Uh, me and Senior both yeah. enjoyed it. It is, it's a flavor bomb, and it is strong, but it is, it is really, really good. That, I believe it's, if I don't butcher the pronunciation, uh, Brazilian Cubra wrapper. Uh, it's Cabra. special about that. It's Cabra. Cabra. I knew I'd screw it up. That's <laughs> okay. I don't speak Spanish. Yeah, it's, it, it's definitely good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two is my tried and true vicarious blue 
Uh, three is the San Cristobal Revelation. I've been smoking that one for years. Love it. Okay. Four is the Catelli Caballetta. Wow. Uh, five is the Davidoff Nicaragua Box Press. Six is the Room 101 Big Payback. Seven, uh, really one of my favorites, the Camacho American Barrel Age. Eight is the Leaf by Oscar Sumatra. I think it was Ben that mentioned the Habana version. Yep, both is good. I've had both. And nine was the Nomad Martial Law. Oh, yeah. And ten was the Davidoff Escurio. Wow. You got, fan, you got fancy taste, Junior. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we just we happened to catch really good, thanks to Garrett, happened to catch really good deals on some Davidoff one day. There you go. So. Well, you, you, <laughs> we stocked up. You reminded me of the uh, the Revelation. That was a, I mean, when that cigar first came out, I just, uh, I think I fell in love with it immediately. I think I might have, was I the one that sold you your uh, first Revelation? Yes, uh, yes you're welcome. Both of us, actually. And it is, and it is still, still an absolute awesome. favorite. All right, I know, I know Senior's been quiet, but let's let's go ahead and get his uh, top. Well, we could have almost just done a say duplicate of yours because they they run very similar, and mine are in no particular order. And kind of to Alan's point, they're they're based off of not only cigars and but also when they were smoked and who they. Were you know, who I was with and things like that that kind of drove this list a little bit. And, um, you know, Vicarious Blue is, of course, up there toward the top. Uh, spent a lot of great time with Jerry and his wife and uh, Alan and everybody in Chattanooga. And, you know, those uh, the time you smoke and who you're with means as much as the cigar you're smoking in some cases. So... The Vicarious Blue. Uh, the red gets an honorable mention. Uh, I can't completely put it on the list since I've only had one. Uh, my father's Lord Montilius, and I always screw that up. Uh, the Camacho Barrel Age is on Junior's list. The San Cristobal Revelation. And uh, the San Latano Oval has always been a favorite. Uh, Davidoff uh, Escuro. I like the tubo version uh, better. It's a little bit smaller. Uh, the Arturo Fuente short story. Uh, I've always enjoyed that one for a little quick smoke. Uh, the Room 101 Big Payback was on my list. I've had several of those uh, in the last year. Uh, the Cantelli um, Maduro. Uh, what was the Cabaretta? Is that the way it's pronounced? Okay. Yes, and then uh, I had the leaf on mine as well, but I prefer the Maduro. A lot of similarities here. Did, did, did you copy my homework? I think he did. He cheated. <laughs> you cheated. I said you copied my homework. Well, I, I was sitting here right. You're gonna have to talk a little bit slower. I think I missed it. <laughs> what is uh, I heard it. I heard it on a few lists, but I'm not familiar with. Um, was it Cantelli? Catelli. 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 We met those guys up at uh, Tweet Up last year there in Chattanooga, and uh, got introduced to them. Excellent cigars, real great people. Uh, actually, if you'd listen to our podcast, we've got an interview with them back uh, 
during the tweet-up time. Was I on that yeah, one? Yeah, on the same show that I was yeah. on. Exactly. Yes. Come on, Kurt. Uh, by the way, uh, just, can we do it? just a quick, tiny little tangent? Um, does anyone here think they're going to do tweet-up again? No. I will be very surprised if they do. Well, I know we're not going to have the catfish anymore because his, God bless him, his place burned down. Uh, but I didn't know if since the the way this last one went, it seems like, I don't know, it, it didn't seem as nearly as positive as the years before. So I'll put it this way. Anyway, have it, on that real quick. Nearly my, my guess would be they that that was the last one. Okay. But uh, okay. yeah, absolutely no never structure. know. By the way, on the same type of thing, do you remember when we all went to lunch at that uh, Mexican restaurant? Yeah, the one with the cigar shop right, upstairs. Right, the one run by uh, Paul Dominguez. Mm-hmm. I don't know yes. if you are all aware, but Paul Dominguez has left that shop. No, I didn't yeah, know that. that was on... Uh, Facebook and Twitter a couple of weeks ago. He is no longer with them, and I don't have a straight story yet as to what happened, where he's going, or what he's going to be doing. Did he originally promote King Cigars and then did that shop? Is that originally he was uh, a salesperson with Burns, and then went to uh, be a rep with Kings. And left Kings to be the uh, cigar shop manager at that restaurant. So what is he doing now? If he left that shop, uh, we don't know. That's mm. part of the mystery. That's part of the mystery. That shop, and I, I don't know if it'll do as good without him. But they have a wonderful setup. Yes, they do. Uh, very nice bar, pool tables, comfortable chairs. Uh, they were, I would assume, still in the process of stocking the humidor. Uh, as far as I know, you know, they also had all those yeah. great signature drinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a very nice place and a very quiet area. You know, you kind of, you kind of got to know somebody who knows it's there. That's true. I enjoyed it there. I thought it was the upstairs lounge and everything. It was awesome. The, but, the you know, going back to the tweet-up, a big part of the tweet-up was always the boutique brands. And uh, Burns seems to be moving further and further away from boutiques. Yeah, it was it was a really weird atmosphere this past year. It was. Because the the bag... The grab bag at the beginning was very light compared to previous years. Uh, there was very little handed out during the show. I don't. It was just strange. And like Alan mentioned, you know, they're they're trying to phase out the little guys and fill the humidor with the. Did anyone else feel like kind of a third wheel? Stuff, you got well burned stuff. and 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 the cigar shop and everything and uh, and. We were just sitting there trying to make it as enjoyable as possible, and it was like two roommates that didn't want to talk to each other, but we're all at this party. <laughs> That's how well, I felt. Year, I'm going to have well, you all pay seventy-five dollars and camp out in my backyard. Camp out in my backyard. Great, let's do <laughs> yeah, that. If 
you know, I'll feed you hamburgers and uh, pass out cigars. We'll we'll call it the uh, Woodstock tweet up. I'm down for that. Uh, yeah, senior that, and I. That sounds awesome. Senior and I. Senior and I both mentioned at TweetUp and several times since then that if it hadn't been for the people that we were smoking with, we would have probably gone home on Friday. Yeah. Uh, that, that's how yeah. depressing it was. If it wasn't for the company, uh, there would have been very little reason to be there. Uh, I'm, really, I would I'm, really glad, I'm really glad I didn't make uh, this year my first year then. That doesn't sound uh, that great. Yeah. yeah, it would have been extremely. I, I would have feel I would have felt bad for you wasting airfare. Yeah, that would have been. Or worse yet, a driving. long trip for a, not a great event by the sound of it. Well, you know, pretty much that's what it's all about is who you're smoking with, you know, who you're having conversation with. That's what makes the enjoys or the 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 cigars enjoyable. Well, if I was hanging out with Mark and Mark, it would have been a, a terrible trip then. <laughs> yeah he he good lord you went all the way to minnesota to get away from us <laughs> i know like, oh, i feel i feel the hate hey let me take us yeah, back I, I to our uh, cigar lists yeah. you know as i've said many 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 times it's a it's a great time to be a cigar smoker it's like a tale of two cities though it's a tough time to be a cigar smoker but you notice how many of us had different cigars on our lists and, and how many of them we actually enjoyed. We've got, what, 40-some-odd cigars that we all thought were the best cigars of the year. Yeah, I was I was going to mention that myself. You know, we probably had 40 to 45 unique cigars on there. And of all the ones that were mentioned, there's not a bad one on the list. I would walk into a shop and buy any of them. Yeah. Yeah, that says something. And a lot of them, I mean, Catelli, I didn't know Catelli was going to be on, what, three of the four lists. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the only one. Yeah, they, they were kind of the dark horse of the list. Yeah, but if you think about that it. And the uh, Leaf by Oscar. You know, with, with Catelli, it wasn't just the cigar. It's the personalities that go with it. And the fun we had, you know, sitting and smoking with them and talking and exchanging stories. You know that that's, that's that's a big part of what made those their cigars so good. Yeah, my, Michael and Kathy are both very very personable people and both incredibly passionate about the cigar industry. And my I know Michael does both the the blending and the artwork for the cigars, so you you really get to see his passion when you meet the guy. This is uh, no disrespect to them, but I'm a fan of them already just based on their website. Oh, you stopped. Is that because oh, of the yeah, if you, are you knows where I can find a hat that like that that he always wears, let me know. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, one brand that I noticed coming up several times on the list was AJ Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Uh, senior specifically mentioned San Latano, and Alan specifically mentioned the Enclave. Yep. Uh, bad news for that; those two plus the New World line, uh, the prices are going up. Yep. On all three of those. Uh, A.J. Fernandez cited FDA regulations. Uh, for those who do or don't know, A.J. Fernandez also very recently acquired boutique brand La Gran Lave. So I, I, I'm sure that brand purchase isn't helping the uh, pocketbook any. Uh, well, this is something we were 
unfortunately halfway expecting. You know, I mean, it's 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 really starting to hit the pocketbooks. So I, I don't, think I don't we blame can them. expect price increases on all cigar lines based on the FDA. Yeah. So now with Minnesota taxes, Kirk will be paying roughly twenty three dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of that is taxes, actually. That's not good. Uh, you should move. Yeah, you, you, you guys get you guys get boned up there. Yeah, actually, we have some new legislation coming in. Hopefully, it keeps getting introduced, but uh, I, I think we have a fighting chance of getting somewhere. Hopefully, in the next year or two. Well, you know, here in Georgia, we paid twenty three cents right off the top per cigar. Oh, that's uh that would be a dream. We pay uh we pay ninety five percent of the wholesale value or three dollars per cigar, whichever is more, I think is yeah, whichever is more. Good lord. How much how much is a Davidoff? Like thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, I mean well, I thought seventeen bucks was bad. All of those uh all of those cigars that down down in Alabama where you know your go to because it was six to eight bucks and you know, that was a great value. Those are all thirteen to fifteen dollars up here and it's just too expensive to support brick and mortar, frankly. Yeah, and uh, you wanna support them, but at the same time you can't afford it. You really them. can't. No. Now we we went through our our top ten list for our favorite cigars, but let, let's shift gears a little bit and look at cigars that are either new releases or they're coming down the pipeline. Is there anything that you guys are really excited about trying? And I'll throw out my one. Now this one's been out a little while. I just haven't had a chance to get my hands on it, and that is the Hoya Black from Hoya de Nicaragua, which features a Mexican. San Andreas wrapper. That's one of my favorites. So I've been jonesing to try that one. Uh, anybody else? Yeah, we have any? them. That is an excellent cigar. And along the same lines, they've come out with one called the Cabinetta, which is a, uh, a Hoya. You know, they've had the red label, the black label. This one is a white label. And it's excellent. Mm-hmm. I'm a. Uh, and I have to. I want to try the Anastasia that Kirk mentioned. I think if, if I got, I might have one or two left in my humidor, Mark. And if I do, I'll send them your way. Um, cause I'm not sure if you'll have any luck finding them, but the, the cigar I'm looking forward to, and I don't know if it was actually a new release or not, but, uh, Christoph, which is a, again, a brand I've always enjoyed. Uh, Glenn case, the owner is a stand-up guy. And, um, they came out with a Christoph Cameroon, and uh, as Junior points it out, Cameroon and I have a uh, a bit of a love affair. So anything with Cameroon, I'm excited to try. Is that you know, Cameroon from, from Cameroon? Well, yes, I believe Cameroon rapper from Cameroon. <laughs> have you tried Kristoff's uh, Pissed Off Kristoff? I have not. I haven't even heard of that one. No, but... I would try it just based that, on the- that is a new release this year from Christoph, and again a very excellent line extension. Um, and of course, you you guys know what he's pissed off about, but uh, excellent, excellent cigar. And one that since we got on Christoph, I'll throw out an honorable mention to a cigar that I forget about, but absolutely love is the Christoph Maduro Lancero. Yes. Uh, another one I can think. 
Kirk for introducing Fantastic Smoke. Okay, uh, Ben, for those of us that don't know why Kristoff is pissed off, what did you do? <laughs> He's pissed off at the FDA. <laughs> nothing you guys need to be concerned about. I did, I did nothing. <laughs> See, Ben took him on a fancy dinner and didn't call him back. Uh, a nice seafood dinner and never took his mother out for a nice seafood dinner and never called her again. No, he's pissed off. Uh, <laughs> I actually really like the, the Kristoff, the one that you mentioned uh, earlier was the, which I think, Kirk, you mentioned it earlier, the Kristoff Maduro, which was the one you brought up. Yep. I've had that one, and it was it was very good. It was actually originally going to be on my list, but I replaced it with one of the other ones, but that was – it would have been one of my top 11 on the list. Uh, excellent. I, I like his work. He's kind of an underdog, though. I don't really see him that often in, in in lists of all that but but i like his work there's one, uh, one that surprises me uh go ahead no go ahead one that surprises me i, I believe it was alan that mentioned the uh oscar rodriguez and the gto uh oscar has amazing distribution because that man is in every cigar shop i walk into like, I, I don't know who does his distribution, but he is all over the map. Oscar actually does his own distribution. We we call him the uh, hardest working man in the cigar business. I believe it because he is everywhere. He's a, I'd, I'd point out that when I was down there, Mark, I would see, I agree I'd see GTO everywhere, especially in uh, Huntsville. Um, but up, up here, I don't think anyone's even heard of him. He, uh, I don't think he leaves the southeast very often. Yeah, when I took uh, Jerry Garrett around to the Huntsville and Birmingham shops, we went to, I don't know, somewhere around 10 different shops, and he was in every one of them. Now, I believe he lives somewhere. He either lives in or is originally from Alabama, so uh, I'm sure that helps his cause down here. He lives in Alabama, and he's just built a home in uh, uh, Georgia, so he doesn't have to stay in hotels here anymore. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, and we we uh, down here we down here we like to keep it in the family. So. <laughs> oh, by the way, sorry about your Super Bowl. Oh, by the way, sorry about your Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I apologize. Uh, it, it, I, I'm glad somebody dressed in orange and white beat Alabama for once, even if it's not us. Well, you know what? I am not. I'm not an Alabama fan, so I was honestly kind of happy to see him go down. <laughs> you live uh, there. It's your people. Uh, Alabama. You live there. It's your people. No, Alabama fans are the most obnoxious people on the planet. Oh, you must not well, know any. You must not know any Green Bay Packer fans. You must not know any Green Bay Packer fans. Well, actually, I do know one, and she is pretty obnoxious. She has a there. There's a small extra room in her house that is called the Green Bay Packers room. That is just wall to wall Packers and wall to wall Brett Favre. You should not good. Unfriend her. Yeah. <laughs> there is a uh, a cigar that Caldwell did with Drew Estate called All Out Kings. I don't know if anyone's seen or heard about this one. Um, he did it in with Jonathan Drew and Willie Herrera. Um, and, in fact, one of the lines is called Give Me Your Lunch Money. I thought that was interesting. He's very imaginative <laughs> in the name of his lines. But, I like um, it. <laughs> I, it was brought. It was introduced at the last IPCPR in uh, in July, um, and 
But if anyone knows anything about Caldwell, he does very good work, and I would love to try it. And going back to Green Bay for a second, did anyone try, and I believe it was a regional release, but did anyone ever try the Nomad uh, Candela that he did? I no. think it was only going to be released up there. I don't think it was going to be yeah, that's close to us. Yeah, I didn't didn't know if anybody just accidentally got their hands on one, but I was always curious to try that. I've never, I know Senior uh, absolutely hates Candelas, and I've never really tried one. You're, Alan, do you have an opinion on the Candelas? You saying? I didn't catch that. You're really not missing anything. It's very, uh, I find them to be very muted. Yeah, the only the only Candela experience I've had is, uh, I believe Asylum makes it. It's called the Ogre, which has a barber pole of Candela, which is a very it's it's acceptable in that form. Is but there anything that you've smoked in the past year that uh, you'd never smoke again? Uh, you'd never smoke again. Uh, I had a Gurkha once. Uh, <laughs> oh poor Gurkha! I, I didn't. There was. I, I don't remember exactly when it came out, but I will never in my life touch another Drew Estate KFC. Amen. Okay. You hate you hated that one. I remember you could not stand it. <laughs> oh, I, I I have an absolute vendetta against that cigar. I will never let it go. And, and actually, speaking of Candela, they made one that was. Uh, Half Candela, half uh, Kentucky Fire Cure. Oh my god! Which is just the things that nightmares are made of. <laughs> Did not like it. So that's interesting for taste because I happen to like the uh, Kentucky Fire Cure. Wow, uh, I like it in Lacia Black. I like it in small doses. So, Alan. Uh, now, actually, there there is one. That, that I would never smoke again, and Alan was with me when it happened, and it happens to be a Battleground cigar. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you remember that little episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they, uh, they showed up at an event, and they were handing out cigars, and, uh, boy, they were green. Yeah, and they kind of fell apart, too, if I remember correctly. I know we both put them out as soon as we <laughs> left. Which, I think everybody which is not did. something I would normally do. I, I very rarely waste a cigar, but that one that one kind of went the way of the wind. So, That's Alan, I got to ask you. Uh, you might be the first person I've met who admits to liking a KFC. Um, would you describe your cigar profile, your preferred cigar profile? Do you like? Very flavorful, very spicy. What kind of stuff are you looking for? You know, it's a great question because I'm all over the place. It it really depends on the time of the day. Uh, it would depend on what I've been eating and, and really what I'm in the mood for. Uh, KFC, the, the Kentucky Fired Cure, is a pretty spicy cigar. So if, if I've had, um, oh, let's say a spicy meal, I, I might want to type it off with the, uh, the KFC. 
I'll say uh, one thing I'll say about Alan and his wife. Uh, they were gracious enough to open their home to me when I was in Atlanta for Dragon Con. And the stash that Alan's wife, Marley, brought back from IPCPR in Las Vegas was incredible. I mean, just bags upon bags upon bags of cigars. We're still enjoying them. We're still enjoying them. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you say it was something in the range of like 300 cigars she came home with? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's a lot of cigars. Yeah, it was... Uh, and actually, <laughs> there is a room downstairs in Alan's home that is uh, full of every cigar accessory you could imagine. You talk about uh, the cutter, lighter, a- ashtray, all of it. Yeah, the the little uh, den area there as you walk in the front door. So you think I have too many ashtrays? Yeah. Oh, you can never have too many. It's an amazing collection. Yeah, you only saw what was displayed. You should see what she's what I've got in the basement that she won't even let me put out. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like, like, say, like thirty, forty years from now, you you could open a museum based on what's in that room. I think you should. That's where the next tweet up That's will be for that. Well, that's why I said we go have the uh, Woodstock yeah, tweet up in my backyard. Yeah, and we'll we'll take a tour of the uh, the display. Is room. the um the the so-called Woodstock treat up? Is that about cigars, or is that about a different smokable item? No, that that would be yeah, uh, cigars. Okay, I just want to clarify. I mean, tweet up. This yeah, is Woodstock in Georgia, in, not Woodstock, New York. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's just the name of his town. Woodstock, oh, Colorado. The, the theme of the show. I see. I, I thought you were trying to set the theme. You know, set the. No, no, no. Just Woodstock, Georgia. Funny. A, a lovely uh, Atlanta suburb, suburb. If, if I can use my words. Suburb. Without slurring them. Suburb. Yeah. Uh, Alan, there, there's one thing you'll learn uh, the longer you're here. There's certain words that each one of us have that we cannot say. Uh, or that we consistently screw up every time we say them. So you'll come to learn them. Like yeah. senior, it's like our, it's like our own senior cannot say aficionado, and uh, no, that one's mine. Junior can't say diminish uh, aficionado. audio. Junior can't. Uh, junior can't uh, say Dominican. Uh, senior can't say Domus or Magnus. Papa Fida. The 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 Magnus, hey, if I remember correctly. Excuse me, but that's a Peppy's fritter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad when your Spanish is so bad that you just have to change the name. Well, we're going to start learning it soon. We're going to be speaking to you in a couple years. Well, at least well, I have somebody yeah, me actually, every 30 seconds. Well, you refuse one of those cigars when I handed them to you. Okay, so we're going to... One thing I'll say... <laughs> We're we're gonna we're gonna change the subject because seniors, we don't need to get into how many of his cigars I've given away or how many I've taken or any of that. That's not important. Uh, but one thing I'll say: uh, honorable mention in in the top fifty needs to go to the Liga Privada Papas Frita. <laughs> uh, that is that is a damn good cigar. Good old Pappy Fritter. 
All right, as we uh, start to wrap things up here, has anybody got anything they, they want to say, anything they want to plug? Alan, is there anything going on at the shop you want to throw out? Well, there's nothing going on right now at my shop, but in about three weeks, we've got a cigar shop opening up here uh, that's going to be run by uh, Manny Stamos, who uh, you guys might remember from the tweet up, and it's going to be called Goodfellows. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Definitely have to get over there and check that one out. He's a having had the chance to go to cigars with Manny at uh, Premium Cigars of Georgia. He's a he's an interesting character and a uh, movie star at that. Yeah, he was one of the zombies. In uh, what was the name of that movie he was in? Area Fifty Seven. Yeah, something like that, because they debuted it the, the week of Dragon Con. That's pretty cool. Uh, or premiered it, whatever the whatever the language technically is. So now I know a movie star. I know a local television star in Kirk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Radio personnel. Local you know, Minnesota TV. Yeah, so we're moving on up. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I think it's been a pretty good show. A uh, lot of good cigar suggestions for you guys to get out there and try. Uh, if there's anything you didn't hear on our list or just anything you want to mention, tweet us at Cigar Tipster or Facebook us Cigar Tipster, uh, whatever your social media preference happens to be. Uh, even Instagram, we have one of those. I don't know the handle off the top of my head. Cigar Tipster? Uh, Instagram. Instagram is like Twitter for people that can't read. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's good. I'm going to close the show on an insult. I'm sorry. But uh, I want to thank Alan and Senior and uh, Ben and that guy from Minnesota for being here tonight. <laughs> and uh, it's been a good show. We're going to get on a little more consistent schedule here. We're going to be recording this every other Sunday. And the shows should drop on Tuesday of that next week. So look for this one on Tuesday the 17th. I don't know why I just said that, because it's going to release on the 17th, so they won't hear this till it's already out. But it makes sense to me, <laughs> and that's all that matters. <laughs> we thank you for joining us. Cigar Tips is out. <laughs>